Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorified and praising God for all things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I've got a few little bits of information to tell you. Uh, firstly, in 1882, 11 men won a cricket game. Uh, in 1883, a man named James uh, brewed a beer with his son. And in 1935, a man in Perth, not Tasmania, Perth, but Western Australia, Perth, uh, named Bert Sasha uh, baked a cake. There you go. <laughs> Uh, and you might be thinking, probably quite rightly so, who cares? <laughs> so what? You know, people do those things all the time. My wife baked a cake last night. Uh, it's not that big a deal. Why should I care? Uh, you're going to have to wait to find that out. Now, you might feel a bit the same way about Christmas, uh, especially all this church and religious and Jesus stuff. Who cares? <laughs> so what? What's it all about? Uh, maybe you're here this morning because that's just what your family does on Christmas. Uh, maybe you're here because it's tradition and it would kind of feel weird if you didn't do this on a Christmas morning. Uh, maybe you're here because your wife or your mother dragged you here and you didn't really have a say in the matter. Maybe you're just here hoping that that minister guy doesn't bang on for too long like they usually do so that we can get into the rest of the day. Uh, me too. <laughs> But you know what, I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, I don't care how or why you ended up here. I'm just glad you came. Uh, we're glad that you're here and that we get to celebrate this together. And over the next few minutes, uh, I just want to talk a bit about this Christmas story uh, and hopefully give you one more reason, one more good reason, why we're glad that you're here with us today. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I find that by the time Christmas finally rolls around, it almost comes as a bit of a relief, doesn't it? You know, for the last couple of months we have been saturated with ads and with displays and with pressure from shops to buy and to get ready and all that sort of stuff and you just kind of get a bit Christmased out. And I think that's why in some senses it's almost a relief to read how Luke records Christmas because there's just no fluff here, is there? It's just a bare-bones account. Now, I don't know if you noticed that, but in the first part of that story, when you just sit back and read it, it's all very ordinary. It's just very normal. There's no little drummer boy, there's no animals, there's no straw, there's not actually any wise men here. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, there's not even a stable in Luke. It is just a very plain and ordinary birth of a child, which is exactly Luke's point. This is a normal birth. Uh, This is a young married couple. They've just been on a long journey. She's nine months pregnant, so you can imagine just how much fun that was. Uh, They've had to head home because some government bureaucrat way off in the capital has decided, let's have a census. What a great idea. And so everyone has to do what he wants. And now, finally, they've turned up at Joseph's hometown and it is absolutely flat out. It is crazy there. Everyone is home. They can't stay at the inn because the inn is full, all the guest rooms are taken, so they probably end up with family or with some long-lost friends that they knew from years ago in a guest house, maybe in a granny flat out the back, something like that. Mary goes into labour, she has her baby. They're obviously not prepared for this, there's no bassinet, there's no cot to put the baby in, and so he gets put in the manger or in the feed trough. Now, I detect Joseph at work there. That's a dad solution, if I've ever heard one. Yeah, just chuck him in the feed trough. That's all good. <laughs> but that's it. That's the story. It's, it's just very ordinary, isn't it? It's just very normal. And that's exactly what Luke wants us to think. Jesus coming into the world here is just very ordinary. It's like any other person. In fact, more humble, really, than most. And that's quite bizarre, isn't it? I mean, you'd expect when, when God comes to earth, we'd kind of know about it. You'd expect a light show, you'd expect great noise and, 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 and all sorts of events. You know, in, you know, in the Marvel movies when Thor comes to earth, you know, it's not subtle, is it? You know, there's thunder and there's lightning and he leaves that big burnt stamp on the ground everywhere he goes. Uh, And he's not exactly the most subtle character, isn't he? You know, rippling with muscles, dressed in armour and carrying a huge hammer. You kind of know when he's around. But not Jesus. Jesus comes in the most ordinary of way. He's born into a young family in a modest room in a small rural town like any other baby. Why? Because he is just like any other baby. He's like us. He is as human as you and I are. He wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth at a palace or private hospital. He was born to a poor, blue-collar family in the Middle East equivalent of North Motten. (laughs) If you're from North Motten, I'm sorry. Like, I had to choose a town. (laughs) He is just like us. He's just like us. Uh, I found it funny, every time uh, an election comes round, so probably next year, 
the politicians seem to realise that in order for us to vote for them, we're going to have to like them. A bizarre concept, I know. Uh, and so what they do is they go off to the pub, don't they? You know, you get this footage of the pollies at the pub, you know, the right pub, not a rough pub, but not too neat a pub either, and they go and have a beer with the locals. And, look, I find it hilarious, because have you seen anything more awkward than an upper-middle-class politician trying to pretend that they are comfortable drinking Carlton Draft and actually like it in a pub? I mean, that's brilliant. That's good viewing, if you ask me. But see, Jesus isn't like that. Jesus was born into that situation. That's where he came from. That's the sort of people he grew up with. And when we see him through his life, those are the sorts of people he hung out with. He was a carpenter. He hung out with day labourers and farmers. He hung out with the unemployed, with anyone. He's not come to lord himself over us. He's come, as his birth demonstrates, to be with us and to be like us, to identify with you and me. We shouldn't lose that in all the, the sentimentality and fluff that we build up around Christmas. We shouldn't lose that point that Jesus has come to earth as a very ordinary man. But at the same time, we shouldn't miss that in Jesus, something very extraordinary is happening. And that's what Luke wants us to see in the second half of his Christmas story. I don't know if you noticed, but as we're reading that, about halfway through, it just takes a complete U-turn. The first half is totally ordinary. The second half is totally crazy. All of a sudden there's angels. All of a sudden there's glory shining bright. There's grand announcements. Here's good news. A saviour's born. Here's Christ. That is the king you've been waiting for. He's the Lord. Then there's more angels and there's more songs and there's more pondering and wondering. It just takes this crazy U-turn. And these extraordinary events are telling us something extraordinary has happened and someone very extraordinary has come. Although Jesus is a little baby, an ordinary human, in him something special has taken place. God has come to earth. God has come to earth. That idea might not seem so strange to us. Our, our, our movies show that sort of thing all the time. You know, Thor comes all over the place. But Jesus' coming is a bit more special than that. It's not quite the same. It is truly remarkable. We know that because we see what the angels sing to the shepherds uh, in verse 14 there. The, the whole heavenly host arrives and they praise God and say this, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. See, what they're saying is something really special has taken place. Something truly unique, unheard of, has happened here. That great divide between heaven and earth, between God and man, has now been crossed. Someone has broken through that wall. It's never been done before. It's never been thought possible. And now it has happened in the most unthinkable of ways in the coming of a little baby boy named Jesus. This is enormous, what has happened here. Uh, you might remember a few months ago, uh, Harry and Meghan were down, uh, sorry, Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan were down on their royal visit, uh, I think for the Invictus Games. You probably don't remember that, but anyway, you might remember seeing something that happened uh, whilst they were here. 
Uh, they were on a meet and greet uh, somewhere on the Gold Coast, I think. You know, saying hi, being seen, taking the photos, doing that sort of thing. Well, Prince Harry went to say hi to a young uh, special needs boy. You might, you might have seen this happen. Uh, he, he knelt down and he, he said hello to this little boy. And out of nowhere, that boy suddenly stepped towards Harry and reached out and, you know, gave his nice ginger beard a nice little pat just to see if it was real. Now, it was the absolute awe, you know, awe moment of the whole visit, the only really memorable moment. <laughs> but, of course, I know it was just a kid. I know he didn't know what he was doing. But what actually took place there was an enormous breach of royal protocol. That's not what happens when the royals are around, is it? I mean, you could see it in the reaction of everyone there. Harry himself was absolutely shocked. His security guard was halfway to swooping in and just taking that kid out. The kid's mum nearly had a heart attack. You know, this is not what you do when your royal is presented in front of you, just for future notice in case that ever happens. <laughs> you can't do that. I mean, you can't do that for a celebrity. You can't do that especially for a royal. That royal commoner barrier, it cannot be crossed. You don't do it. And you especially can't cross it if you're the commoner. You can't just bowl up to a royal and expect access. It doesn't work like that. So the only way to cross that barrier is if the royal takes the initiative and comes to you. Then it's okay. Then that barrier's gone. And then you've got access to them. And that's what Jesus has done for us. That enormous barrier, that, that gulf that stood between God and man, he has come and he has crossed. He broke it down because he crossed it first. He did what we couldn't do and came to us. He did it by becoming entirely like us and with us, by sharing in our humanity fully. He did it by taking on all of our sins, what had created that barrier in the first place and then by dying in order to destroy them all. Uh, one of his followers, Peter, described it like this. He said, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that is the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness, that is, with God. By his wounds you have been healed. See, not only did Jesus cross that barrier between us and God but in his death he destroyed it he wiped it out once and for all so that we could cross it too and we do that by putting our trust in him just by that simply by trusting him and when we do that all of that good news that the angels came to sing about is ours Glory is ours. The highest, literally the heavens, are ours. Peace with God is ours. The very favour of God itself is ours. All of that is ours because Jesus made it available. All because Jesus came to be an ordinary man. All because Jesus is extraordinary God. Uh, remember those names? Remember the dates we started with? Uh, 1982, 11 men played a game of cricket, won a game of cricket and thus the legendary Ashes rivalry was born of which I know you're all very excited about. 1983, you'll probably be more excited about this one, a man named James brewed a beer with his son and thus Bogues Brewery was born. 
you're probably a little more excited about that. 1935, Bert Sasha baked a cake in Perth and in doing so invented the pavlova, of which at least I'm looking forward to a slice of today. <laughs> Ordinary people uh, did things that mattered, uh, things that we enjoy, things that change our lives today. Well, so too Jesus, born as an ordinary baby, has brought extraordinary things to us today. And so the question that we might have asked, so what, when we consider him instead becomes, now what? Now what? What to do with him? Well, you really have a choice. You can continue to see him as ordinary or you can see him as extraordinary. If you see him as only ordinary, then really nothing changes for you. But you get nothing from him either. But if you see him as extraordinary, then everything changes for you. And the good news is you get everything from him as well. His work is done, his offer stands, And this Christmas the ball is in your court. What are you going to do with him? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you that you have sent your son Jesus to this world and in him done the most incredible thing. For through him you have broken down the barrier that stood between us so that we can by him know you and receive your favour and forgiveness and life forever. Father, help us today and help us this Christmas season not to get so caught up in all the things that are going on that we might forget how extraordinary a thing you have done for us in sending Jesus, your Son. In his name we pray. Amen.